Hi, this is Dana Gould, comedian, shopper, mother, and you're listening to New Dissident Radio. This is Kelly Carlin, and welcome to Waking from the American Dream. There's a box on a shelf filled with things that have to do with no one else but you. And in that time when you were mine, I watched the love light in your eyes when it was real and it was true. I took down that box a while ago and I'm thinking you should me home take me i 
that was 14-year-old Rachel Carrick. Uh, she ended up in my inbox a few days ago, a friend of mine, Dinky Dawson, who was an engineer for everyone from the Mamas and the Papas, Fleetwood Mac, Spanky and the Gang, uh, sent me this uh, MP3 and uh, also sent me a link to Rachel on YouTube. Uh, you spell her name Rachel, R-A-C-H-A-E-L, or just E-L, sorry, and Carrick, C-A-R-R-I-C-K. Uh, if you go to her website or Google her or go to YouTube, uh, she wrote this song and recorded it, and all proceeds of it are going to the Red Cross for um, the tornado victims the last few weeks. There's a video of her on YouTube singing this song. This young lady has such poise. It's just incredible. And obviously uh, an incredible voice, too. Beautiful, beautiful song. Uh, and it also fits in a little bit with uh, what I wanted to start the show out with today. Uh, last night I did my first run-through of my what I'm calling my one family show instead of my one person show because it's not about one person. It's about me and my mom and my dad. It's called A Carlin Home Companion. And it's a little show where I play clips of my dad on stage, uh, the persona we all know who he was and what he did brilliantly. And then in between the clips, I tell stories about our family and our what I like to call our strange and wonderful life uh, at the home of the Carlin family over the many decades we were all together. Uh, so it was great doing the run through last night. You know how that is uh, before you do something, you have it in your mind, you're nervous about it. You're, uh, you know, you, you know, it's going to be okay, but you don't or whatever. And then you do it and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, now I know, I know what I'm doing. And, and now I get to hone the piece. And over the next seven, eight weeks, I'm going to be honing it. Uh, down at the Hermosa Beach Comedy Magic Club on most Wednesday nights. Uh, so if you're interested in coming and seeing me workshop it and while I'm previewing it, you can email me at my radio uh, email address, which is wfadradio at gmail.com. And if you're in Los Angeles and want to come down, email me and uh, I will reply and tell you the details. Would love to have some Carlin fans in the audience because that's really what I'm doing it for. I know these stories. I'm not telling them for myself. <laughs> I'm telling them because I want people to listen to me. And it's, it's great. It's fun. You'll laugh and you'll cry, literally, because I was crying on stage last night. So, And when I cry, everyone cries because I'm a queen. Just kidding. <laughs> Well, I'm the queen of my show, at least. So there, this is my realm today. And in my realm today are two fabulous women. Of course, my producer and who I'm now calling my stylist, Barbara Roman, is here. And the fabulous, she's the fabulous executive producer all of, also of The Green Room and a bunch of other projects and set list. And she's going to Edinburgh and we're going to Montreal and we're going to TAM. My God, I think we're going to have to get married soon, Barbara. Because we'll be spooning in beds all over internationally. Any day now, we'll be spooning in a hotel room near you <laughs> with Paul Prevenza in between us. It's a little awkward, but it's fine. It's really, it's fine. Uh, so I want to get to my guest today. Uh, my guest, uh, technically, I, I don't think we actually met through Wendy Hammers, but we got to know about each other through Wendy Hammers. And then, of course, we actually became friends while on Twitter is, is what happened. We kind of inter and it started interacting on Twitter. And, um, and before I even met my guest, uh, she and I started playing um, uh, Words for Friends. <laughs> 
and I, I, I just need to tell you that I'm actually ahead in the game right now. Uh, I'm kicking her butt a little bit this last week. The last game, I, I don't know what happened. I got some sort of like 800-point word, and it was pretty uh, scary. Oh, what? There, there she is. You, Go ahead. You always kick my butt. Uh, no, I think you've kicked my butt a couple of times. I, I haven't looked at the actual score, but, um, but it's, it's usually a close game. But the last one was really crazy. Um, so my guest today is uh, she's well you know she's been on everything she's been on craig ferguson she's had her own hbo special she's been on lots of hbo other specials she's been on rosie o'donnell david letterman jay leno you know all those fabulous people she's of course you know got to be on the carson show craig kilborn larry sanders with my dear friend gary shandling uh, and, and I, I just want to mention, I normally don't mention like dates that my guests are going to be doing stuff, but I noticed that she's going to be in Dayton, Ohio in June. And I was born there. My mother was born and raised in Dayton. And, uh, I don't think she'll be playing the racket clubs. I don't think the racket club exists anymore. It's, that's where my mom and dad met was the racket club in 1960. If you come to my show, people, you'll hear that story. Uh, but she's going to be at the improv, uh, in Dayton, Ohio. And uh, I like that uh, your bio, uh, Wendy, says that you started your career as a performer in the basement of your house in Long Island, New York, because didn't we all start in our living rooms or our basements? So I just want to welcome today my fabulous, funny, kind, smart guest, Wendy Liebman. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me on, Your Highness. (laughs) You are a queen. Actually, my husband treats me like a princess. He... uh... He makes me go up into the tower, and he locks me up there. I don't know. Do you let your hair down, though? Can I she, do. Can, can, does he... You have beautiful hair, by oh, the way. Oh, thank you. It's up today because it's a little dirty. I, didn't... I know, but I saw you at the uh, premiere of Purosphere. Of the Purosphere. And your hair was all aflow. Oh, thank you. Yes. It, that's when I wash it. It looks very nice. People always say to me, what have you done with your hair? And I usually say, shampoo. <laughs> shampoo. And really not much. I mean, just a little kind of, you know, gel or something like that. But mine looks better when it's a little bit dirty. Yeah, yeah. Like a couple of days. Yeah, and we both have hair like that where you can go a couple of days, where I know some people whose hair is so fine that they have to wash it every day, and I would... I'd kill myself. I'd probably commit suicide if I had to wash my hair every day. It really is all about the hair. Kelly. It really, it is. It is. Thank God, because I have hair, and that's my one of my best features, I say. So let's talk. So I saw that you went to uh, Wellesley, and you were a psych major. Well, and I, did, I just want you to know, I got my major in uh, my master's in psychology. So I just but wanted yours to, was like Jungian. Yes, and, and yours is a master's. Mine was um, I I got my degree in psychology, and then I went right into therapy. <laughs> so. But therapy, you know, I been going for so long so you know I must be really broke um, should I just riff here you... I love when you riff Wendy well, you kill me my therapist said I was sarcastic and in, and in denial and I'm like whatever I have he, he has really good magazines in his waiting room though it's like wired and mad yeah. but it's 45 minutes a week, I don't have to feel guilty for not exercising. I don't have a lot of problems anymore. I mean, I realize my biggest problem mm-hmm. is that I owe my therapist money at this point. <laughs> yes. So you're probably going to now some sort of a financial counselor <laughs> to deal with the debt of going into therapy. No, honestly, I believe in therapy. I get it. Uh-huh. But it is cheaper to just call a 900 number for the Psychic <laughs> Friends hotline. And- yes, exactly. Or 
Or do stand-up comedy. Or do stand-up comedy. Yeah, that, that, that's, a, that's a great point. I'm, I'm a little awestruck by being here because what? you are, well, you're a genius, and I'm in the oh, presence of a, of a genius's <laughs> child. As, you know, and I live with that because my husband is... Your um, darling husband, Jeffrey. He's a sweetheart. Oh, my He's gosh. He's really mad at me, though, right now, because he wanted one of these big screen televisions, mm-hmm. and I just pushed his chair closer to the one we already have. <laughs> but he is darling. But um, he's the son of a, a famous yes. musician. Yes. You can say who his dad was. Well, his dad is one of the Sherman brothers. Yeah. I don't know if you know. They wrote a lot of the music for Disney. They wrote um, Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. And my husband actually inspired the song um, Spoonful of Sugar. I love that. We tell that story. I love that story. Well, he came home from school one day. He was seven. And his father said, what would you do today? And he said, they gave us a vaccine for polio. And my father-in-law said, you let them give you a shot? Because he knew my husband was, like, scared of shots. Mm-hmm. And my husband said, no, they put, it, they put the vaccine in a, uh, in a spoon, and they put some sugar in it. And so we ate that, and my father-in-law went, Mm-hmm. Wow. Spoonful of sugar. Wow. <laughs> Helps the medicine go down. That's I know. A, that's so cool. And you go, wow, somebody wrote that song? Yeah. Because when I first met my husband and he told me that, I'm like, wait, those people were British and <laughs> that was 150 years <laughs> exactly. ago. What are you talking about? So. Yes, yeah, so and they were dancing on rooftops and things like that. Yeah. Those people. But you and my husband both... Um, try to articulate what your fathers did it's mm. so beautiful because the world knows but now they know even more because right. we're doing the carlin home companion yeah prayer. wait the harlan a carlin home companion <laughs> now I, i'm hoping that uh garrison keeler will not come to my house and force my title back to him or something but i'm sure he'll be fine with it i'm sure you know i'm guessing probably not going too far out on a limb that garrison keeler was a fan of my dad's just guessing I would love to meet him someday. Maybe I'll invite him to my show someday. I bet he would love I bet your he show. Would. Yeah. I mean, I was looking at your dad's YouTube on Waking the American Dream. Uh-huh. Somebody wrote on it that the world now needs your father's voice more than ever. Yes. Because really what he gave to the world was his voice, what he said and how he said it. He's such a good communicator. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking that Kelly should do... You should start a Twitter account. What would George say? <laughs> well, you know, there's actually a couple of people. There's a George Carlin says. But those are real quotes of his, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people people quote him. And, and a couple of them I had to, I was following for a while. And then I go through different periods of grieving and mourning my dad. And uh, they would come up on my Twitter feed and it would be my dad's face. And sometimes it just like breaks my heart a little bit. And so I like, I wrote a nice message to them saying, I love your account, but I have to unfollow for a while because I just can't see his picture all day long going up my Twitter feed. It just breaks my heart too much. But people do say that a lot about my dad that, you know, they really, we need him more than ever. I mean, with this whole rapture thing and Sarah Palin and all this kind of stuff. And I just remind people of a simple thing my dad said, and this just kind of, this is the blanket insurance policy. If you need to think about anything that's going on in our country or in the world, uh, he used to say that when you're born, you get a ticket to the freak show. When you're born in America, you get a front row seat. And then he added, after a few years, and some of us are taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> 
So for, for those to remember that it's all a freak show, like the kind of the Zen Buddhists say, it's all an illusion. It's all a freak show. So watch the show. And yes, go in and participate every once in a while if you like. In America, yeah, we have access to everything here, so we get the front row seat. And some people, you know, if if if, if you you know if you're inclined, take some notes and go out in the world and comment about it. You know, yeah, you know, my dad isn't here, but part of the reason why I started this radio show is because uh, life goes on, and people die, and and geniuses die, and great people die, and it is our job as the living generation to do our work, to speak our own truths, to speak our minds, and to, and to stand on the shoulders of great people like my father and Mark Twain and Lenny Bruce and, you know, and, and all the others. Share. And share. Cher's still here, though. Right. So she, we're not standing on her shoulders yet. I mean, well, maybe some people are, but that's... I just meant to quote her. <laughs> you just like saying her name. It just... It sounded like the punchline. Speaking of share, <laughs> did you got, did you see the Chaz Bono interviews? Any of those? I saw pieces of it. I didn't see the whole thing. Wow! But incredible. Um, I, I knew Chaz when she was when he was a she, and uh, she was four years old because I went to the same elementary school as Chaz. Well, when she was on the Sunny and Cher, yes, Sunny, the Sunny and Cher, Cher show, she looked like one of the Olsen twins <laughs> when they were a baby. She did, right? Yes, she was just so. <sighs> girly yes and then you see the video of her over time yeah transitioning yeah just must be the most painful thing to feel like you're somebody (sighs) that the world sees completely different i i I applaud her yeah absolutely and him him, yes and uh if anyone gets a chance to, to to go and look at the letterman interview because i i've always loved david letterman but after watching how Letterman dealt with Chaz and really played the role as the kind of naive American and asking questions that I'm sure a lot of his viewers wanted to know or were curious about, he did it in such a beautiful, respectful way and gave such an incredible platform for the transgendered community. Uh, my, my esteem of Mr. David Letterman went up a thousandfold wow, after that. that. Yeah. I go check it out. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Or or CBS, not NBC. God forbid. (laughs) There was a big war about that. I should know what network David Letterman's on. Some of the early, I guess I saw one interview with her, and she was saying, or him, and she was saying, he. I know. Even the same with my dog. Even Cher. Even Cher was confused about how to how to do this. I've called my dog her the whole time, and it's a he. I'm sure she has a complex. And probably in therapy about it, too, I'm sure. She's with a catalyst right now. (laughs) Um, But he was saying how when he was a girl, Mm -hmm. he didn't feel like he could speak up. Mm -hmm. And now he feels like he has a voice. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's really, like, that's what I think life is about. Not to get, like, so deep 12 minutes in. No, we get deep here very quickly. Don't you (laughs) worry. But I think it's about finding your voice. Yeah. And... Um, I'm losing my voice actually right now. Yeah, what's and going on? My with husband that? is ecstatic. <laughs> but no, I think I've been losing my voice because I talk in my sleep. I I know I talk in my sleep because I've been told by the phone company. Um, but speaking of waking the American dream, I am such an insomniac, Kelly. Are you? Well, you, I, you, you know, you are playing that words with friends. I get like, I, I see the, what time you're playing the, our game. And I'm like, <laughs> she played at one thirty four in the morning and, and she's tweeting again. Well, I don't sleep like a normal. Per- I sleep like a crazy person. And, and how is that? Well, I sleep like I like I take a lot of naps. Yes. Like, so I take like 
three hours here, uh-huh. and two hours here. And part of it is just a function of me traveling so much. And yes. I sleep when I can. And then there's a time change. And then suddenly I have to go on stage. Right. And I usually sleep on the tray table. <laughs> Not my whole body, just my head. But you're teeny enough. You could fit on the whole tray table. You <laughs> Not could. anymore. I've gained some weight. I'm at that stage of life where I cannot I don't, lose weight. I can't see at all where it is hiding on your body because you're just a petite backstage. little perfect little thing. Well, you know what I did? You know, like I know the world is in crisis with mm-hmm. global warming and the Middle East and healthcare and education and everything else. Is, but I have a muffin top. <laughs> I am really depressed about this. But I found a way to fix it. Yes. Lady pants. Lady pants. I just wear bigger pants. Higher up. Muffin top disappears. <laughs> you know, I think I'm wearing those today, actually. What well, muffin top? I, I don't know. know what you and and here yeah yeah because here's the thing about this you're right about this the muffin top happens because these women of a certain age <clears throat> <clears throat> uh, decide that they need to w- be wearing little pants that um, uh, that are size zero that seventeen year old girls wear. I know I shop in the junior section. Well, but you're you're petite. That's why. I know, but I'm fifty. <laughs> I am past my peak. But it, it is, when, when you showed up in the crop top the other night, that was a little embarrassing, Wendy. Honestly. I am trying to dress for success. Please don't tell me I'm dressed like a real estate agent. Well, I, but I, I want to go back to the thing about finding finding your voice and how important that is. And how long have you been doing comedy? 27 years. Wow. Congratulations. That's fantastic. More than half my life. Wow. And and so Thank for you. yeah, it's really it's a fantastic thing. And so in your journey in in doing this art form, when you look back on it and see those twenty seven years, like what are the different like little places in it where you discovered something about your voice or claimed it more? Like what did you notice about your journey? Well, it's my hair is different. Uh, well, God, over yes, the, years. the decades I can imagine. And I know this sounds ridiculous, mm-hmm. but I'm still finding that voice yeah. after 27 years. Like, now I know I can make people laugh, mm-hmm. and I can do that in my sleep, mm-hmm. but now I want to figure out what it is I want to say. And I try to get philosophical in my show a little bit, because yes. I do... Um, I think I'm doing this for some other reason because it's not a sitcom <laughs> so far. Or a reality show yet. Or I don't want to do a reality show. Do, would you? I, only if Rain Pryor would do it with me. That would be fun. <laughs> Could have. Yeah, we call Daughters of the Evolution. I think that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. So we want. Can I be your third friend? Yes. Well, uh, yes. Even you can though com- nobody in my family is in show business, you can come by and have tea anytime. Okay. Okay. Good. Well, my mom was actually she was an actress, so I was raised by her understudy. <laughs> but that's just a joke because she's an early childhood educator, and she oh. doesn't even watch movies. She has no idea TV. what a movie is. She didn't know who Cindy Crawford was. Really. She knows like selected things. Uh huh. Well, you saw my mom. My mom played the drums at my wedding. Oh, it was this the cool and and at your one woman show that I yes. saw, which was awesome. Well, she embarrassed me my entire life, <laughs> which is why I'm a comedian. I'm gonna make her come to every one of my shows from now on. You should Actually, definitely. She's in the she's in the living. Room she's in the living right room right now. She's gonna come in and do a little solo for us now. What's so cool <laughs> is that this show. It's so cool. Your show. Mm-hmm. 
and like the next street over is Hollywood Boulevard. And not, talk and, about the freak show. And not yeah, and not only that, but the apartment building across the street is a big, uh, tall apartment building. Yeah. Uh, Ron Jeremy lives in that apartment oh. building. So talk about freak show. <laughs> <laughs> is he watching us? No, he's probably taking a nap. I think I think I've heard he's narcoleptic actually, and he really? falls asleep. Yes, I, he's. Well, I'm not narcoleptic, but I take a lot of naps. Yeah. It's like I'm snacking. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of an anorexic sleeper. Yeah, you, you're you're grazing all day with with sleep. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, that's okay. That's good. So so you're even discovering your own voice. Like 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 lately, have you found in your uh, comedy uh, a new area you're going into, or a, a way you approach it differently than you did, let's say, even ten years ago? This is also going to sound silly, but I write every day now because of Facebook and Twitter. Yes, and it makes me think funnier mm-hmm. than I did before. And now sometimes I take some of those jokes and I put them in my act. So it's, you know, that's a great point because before Twitter and not so much Facebook a little bit, but Twitter because of the 140 characters, it's a, it's a great form to have to master if you, if you want to be funny on it. It's, it's haiku, it's haiku time. It's comedy haiku. And I've never wanted to do stand up, but I find that, my Twitter voice has become more stand-up-y. Like, I, I could probably take some of my tweets and build a little stand-up with it, you know, because it's, it's got that kind of rhythm to it now. So you never wanted to do stand-up? No, I, I never even thought about it. I mean, seeing my dad on stage and what he did was so huge, you know, and when, you know, 5,000 people are chanting his voice, I mean, that was very exciting to be a part of it without any of the responsibility um, but I did want to be on stage. I mean, I definitely have that gene where I, I, I like to perform. I wanted to be a performer. I wanted to, but, and my dad early on, uh, you know, kind of explicitly said to me, you really don't want to go in that direction. And not because he wanted to squelch my voice, but because he knows what the life of a stand up on the road is like. And, and and even for him, he was on the road forever, but he didn't have to do comedy clubs. Right. And then he started seeing what the comedy club scene was like. And that's, you know, these things I, I discovered. I didn't know what a con- comedy condo was until Kathleen Madigan was here and explained it to me one day. <laughs> and how she like, you know, you're a woman on the road, right? And you show up in this town. And if you're not headlining or you're opening or featuring and you've got to stay with two or three other comics who you don't really know and they're probably men and they're drinking a lot of beer and they're farting a lot and <laughs> well i am too well okay all right i didn't want to say that out loud though. but yeah somebody once told the story that somebody was very upset in the condo because there was like no there were no sheets or blankets or something so they wanted to get back at the owners and so mm-hmm. they put ground beef in the radiator pipes and so is that a true story and i don't know if it's a you know an urban urban legend legend, yeah but when the heat went on something was a rancid (laughs) cooking but um you know being on the road that's the leap it was sexy for a year yeah and then it's like are you fucking kidding i have to do this again and i still forget my toothbrush sometimes (laughs) but what makes it worth it is the money no what makes it (laughs) actually i get paid less now than i did years ago wow because of the economy or maybe because of me 
Oh, but, well, we didn't. Um, we're not going to say that out loud, though. No, but, but no, it's a different st- structure. It, it now. is. Everything is different structured, so and even I'm, the comedy scene. Yeah. Unless I'm George Carlin or you know somebody like Kathleen. Right. It's I'm still in a comedy club, and they don't pay as much. So, but really, what makes it worth it is I do feel like I get better, which mm-hmm. is. You know, okay, God, how long do I have to do this before I'm like really good? But oh, I don't know, Wendy. I would put you in the excellent category. Thank you. Yes. Well, um, I'm a late bloomer. I hope. <laughs> I hope. And here's the thing: I've been doing it 27 years. Yes. I don't know what to wear on stage. I still never know what to wear you should hire barbara uh oh, roman she's, she's, she's now my she's now my stylist yeah she's, well, you weren't kidding she styled me for new york i went to new york for a bunch of business meetings and she came over to my house and we did outfits and i went to new york with barbara roman outfits so you can use her anytime you were want. they clothes you already had uh so well some of them like little pants and the shirts but she got me the jackets and we did like the little scarf thing you know and just you know and she helped me like yes wear those shoes and not those and <clears throat> you know she just she lady was lady pants yeah she was the mirror <laughs> because <laughs> I can't wear high heels. I mean, I did during the, my one-woman show. But you took your shoes off at one point, didn't I did. You? <laughs> I took them off because they're four-inch heel or three-inch yeah. heel, something crazy. The next time you see me in heels, I'll be sitting in a wheelchair. <laughs> I mean, not. I don't need the wheelchair. And I your just, legs will look great. <laughs> I don't know how women do it. I don't know either. I'm not a practiced woman Burn who does that. Burn your bra, take your shoes off. I, I agree. I have these really nice uh, brown boots that have heels, and I wore them on stage last night when I did my thing. And, and yeah, but I also had the stool, and I sat on that a little bit. I Like, I go to a wedding, and you have to wear heels at a wedding. I... I don't, I don't, you know, I sit most of the time and then I go to the dance floor and I take my shoes off and I dance with my bare feet because I can't do that. I saw a pair of sandal boot high heels, Mm -hmm. which I think are really kind of cool, but so impractical. It's like, they were like sandals, (laughs) but they were high boots. And it's like a turtleneck with a tube top (laughs) or something like that. But I saw that in Beverly Hills. Very stylish. Very styling in Beverly. I also saw a dog wearing some crest white strips, which I thought was really (laughs) ridiculous. That's the word of the day, ridiculous. You know what? (laughs) The world has become rather ridiculous. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I I do. I shake my head daily at it all. And, and, And I, you know, and you were saying something earlier about, you know, yes, there's all this dark stuff right. going on in the world and, and yet you know we worry about our, our muffin tops and it's like really it's like how to balance the connection and wanting to be compassionate and having empathy and participating in the world in some way you know with all of this hell that's well, going like on the woman rachel oh the young girl Carrick. here yeah rachel Carrick. she's raising money yeah her voice is so gorgeous it reminded me of um, not Mindy, Mindy Smith, hmm. the singer Mindy Smith. Hmm. I don't know Dolly that Parton founded her. Oh, found wow. Her. <laughs> founded her, found yes. Her. <laughs> her foundation. Was, but no, it's true. Like the Middle East, I should know more than I know mm. about the Middle East. But we can't even figure out which is the recycling bin in my family. <laughs> How the fuck? Are they going to resolve the crisis in Israel? And 
yes. How? Yeah, and, and, I, and I read somewhere the other day that someone said, um, uh, I think it was maybe Bill Maher was talking about, uh, you know, if, 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 Love him. If, if the Palestinians and the Israelis cannot figure out, how are the Republicans and the Democrats in this country going to figure things out? Because it's getting that bad here, too. It's that divisive in this country. Just uh, on TV. Yeah, just, yeah. I mean, turn on your TV at any moment, and you, too, can watch another episode of the freak show <laughs> it's coming straight to your living your room dad people was right don't you think he was yeah i think he was right about that absolutely i i, I do uh what did i want to talk to you oh i wanted to ask you who are your favorite comics who do you like oh, i like so many comedians well obviously your father who i met twice yes i met him once backstage at his show in vegas i was Hanging out with uh, Drew Carey, mm-hmm. who I think li- used to live across the street. <laughs> Next door to Ron Maybe. Jeremy. <laughs> and he was so gracious, your father. And then I met him at Luggage Carousel once. <laughs> and again, so nice when he found out I was a comedian. And I really appreciate when comedians are nice to other comedians. Yeah. It just makes it, like Gary Shandling was so nice oh, to He's me. such a sweetie. So he, I love him, and I love Stephen Wright, mm. and I love um, Roseanne, mm. and my favorite, like, comedian of my contemporaries, uh-huh. although he's, well, is Jake Johansson. Oh, yeah. It's really, I really like his sense of humor. Now, when you were younger, uh, a child, teenager, were you a fan of comedy at all? Did you? I used to watch Carson and get really nervous before the comedian came out. And oh, I couldn't cute. breathe until they got their first laugh. Oh, that's so cute. Right? Yes. And I'm like eight or nine. <laughs> yeah. So I'm already feeling like, and I thought they made it up on the spot. Which oh, is that's great. Hilarious. Um, but I remember watching Phyllis Diller being interviewed by like Merv Griffin or Mike Douglas. And I was 11 and she said, you have to make them laugh. And just when they think they're done laughing, you have to make them laugh again. And I remember thinking, I know what you mean, Mm. Phyllis. Mm. And I've gotten to meet her and tell her that. But I guess I wasn't really a comedian. Mm -hmm. Um, I used to dress up and try to get laughs. And I do remember the first time I like did a little skit in my basement uh-huh. with my sister. And I played like a Long Island Jewish woman. <laughs> and <laughs> I was talking to somebody about their wardrobe, which is so ironic because I never know what to wear. Like I got an obscene phone call and the guy was like, what are you wearing? And I'm like, I can't decide. <laughs> but um, I, I wasn't... I don't remember being funny per se, mm-hmm. but I was, I had my, that social anxiety. Like I remember being on a plane once and I saw the flight attendant go behind the curtain and talk over the intercom mm-hmm. and I was nervous for her that she was speaking in public. Oh, wow. I know. Wow. The total empathy thing going on again. So, yeah. So yeah. that's when the drunk started. <laughs> Well, you, you know what's interesting? You're talking about being even a young child and watching the Carson show and being nervous. There's this uh, theory in, in Jungian depth psychology uh, where they talk about the daemon. It's D-A-I-M-O-N. And it's like kind of your soul. It's, it's, the, it's, it's like the, it's the part of your soul that kind of guides you. If, if you believed in reincarnation and souls and things that guide you in your life. And, and the theory is that the daemon prepares you in your childhood 
for what you're going to be doing, like what your real life purpose is. And so even if you don't understand like why certain events or why you have certain reactions to kinds of things. So when you were telling that, I thought, well, Wendy's Damon was preparing her because it knew that you were going to be on Carson someday. Wow. <laughs> wow. So is it fate or is it's, it? It's kind of like that. It's, it's a little bit of So the... am I, was I born this? Yeah, the the, the, the kind Born of the theory is is that yeah, your 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 Damon kind of has an idea of of what your purpose is, what you're here to fulfill, and its job is to kind of prepare you for it and help you unfold it, and then help you, you know, guide you along the way. You know, it's that inner GPS that that I I talk to my friends about that I've I've decided I now call it my inner GPS. It's that in, and women have a big connection to it. It's your intuition. It's that thing that tells you, oh yes, oh no, oh. Scary. I don't oh, always God. listen to it. Though. No, we don't. We don't. But um, you know how they say women are born with all their eggs? Yes. So maybe we're born with all of our lives. Yeah, maybe. But then there's all like the nurture stuff that put me, I don't know. Well, you know what? My head's going to explode right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, yeah, there is all of, all of that too, of course. But, you know, that that's just when you told the story, I was like, oh, well, you know, some part of you knew that you needed to be prepared to go on Johnny Carson's show and be nervous. Well, I also watched Laughing. Mm, and I me loved too. Lily Tomlin me and too. Ruth Buzzy, yep. who I now get to follow on, on Twitter. Twitter. I know. It's... How cool is that? And she writes to me. Oh, how great. I got to meet Lily. She did uh, the uh, Mark Twain tribute for my dad for the PBS thing. And right before they shot the show, I decided to go to the dress rehearsal and just kind of emotionally prepare myself because it was only about five months after he died. I wanted to emotionally prepare myself for the room and the venue and just get there so that when I was sitting up in that box like royalty, because I am a queen, <laughs> uh, I wouldn't completely lose it emotionally. So I went there with my husband and we're hanging out, we're watching some people. And then I go backstage and I'm hanging out backstage and I realized, oh, this is probably the last time I'm ever going to be backstage for my father. And I'd spent my whole life backstage for my father. So I lose it. I go into the corner and I am now sobbing, sobbing, sobbing. I find my way. I go into the makeup room and there's Lily. She's getting her makeup done. And we'd met a few minutes before and Lily's sitting there, you know, just sitting in the chair, the lady's working on her hair or whatever. And she's holding a Kleenex box and she's just ripping the Kleenex box out, handing them to me one at a time saying, of course, darling, of course, you're crying. Of course, your heart's broken. I have goosebumps. Uh, uh, and, and Lily is my, I mean, she's the one I, I, did my skits and imitated, and she I was my hero. Edith Ann yes, of course. And Ernestine, mm -hmm. and I made my father laugh, mm. and Precious. I loved hearing him laugh. Yep. and that's probably that's it. It was kind of like the thing I needed to hear to egg me on. And 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 pretty much when you hear that laugh, that's we're done. It's over. It's like oh, I need to do that again. <laughs> I need to make that happen again. Well, I, early on, I always said I'd rather, because um, probably when I started, I was really depressed. And I loved hearing people laugh mm. all together mm. and instead of crying by myself. I mean, I know that sounds kind of corny, but somebody famous once said that if it's corny, it's because it it's appeals. true. It's true. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. It, so, and now I'm not depressed anymore. Now I'm just, now I'm just tired. So your dad is so right. It's like about the American dream because we're asleep. That's because we're so fucking tired. <laughs> Don't you think we need to take a nap? We need to take a nap society? as a nation. Yes. Because they say weight loss 
would yes. be easier if you go to sleep. It's true. And I went to my gyno last week and I was talking about my memory loss. She goes, honey, you don't have memory loss. You are, you are overwhelmed. You are multitasking. I'm, I'm like, multitask. Yes. I mean, I know we do because we're half the time. I'm, I know we're on Twitter together <laughs> all the time. And I'm also on emails doing my job. And I'm also planning the show here. And, you know, I mean, yes. I know. I'm always eating while I'm talking to somebody, watching TV, folding laundry, driving, and sleeping. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that was a long way to go for a joke. <laughs> but I'm always doing two th- things at once. I'm cleaning my oven right now. <laughs> And I bet you it'll be fabulous when you're done. My microwave. (laughs) Microwave. I don't know how to cook. Who cares? Nobody cares. As long as it comes out hot and tasty, that's all people care about. I like to eat, though. Yes. What do you like? What's your favorite food? Well, I I don't know if it's my favorite food because it's not because I love, like, ice cream and pizza. But the food that I can't stop myself from eating right now is muffin tops. (laughs) No, no. Is um, (laughs) just the top. No. Crackers. Wow. I know. Now, what kind of crackers? Well, I like, like, any kind of crackers. Like saltines? So you would go in saltines? Saltines or townhouse or oh, ta- club crackers or cheese. I just mm. love, but I have to stop myself. Well, yeah, well, yeah. That's... Because they're the worst. The pure carb. But We're I'm talking. addicted. <laughs> <laughs> so you like the salty treat? I guess, yeah. And yeah. I eat so much comfort food, and then I'm so fucking uncomfortable. Uh, Am I allowed to swear on this? Yes, right? we're okay, internet. Right. You can okay. swear. We're, the show's <laughs> nice ending soon, but ask. you go ahead. You get it all out now. Get all those nice words out. now at the end. <laughs> yes, exactly. Can I fucking swear on this oh thing? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, I just figured you'd bleep it out. Yeah. Well, it's, it's why I, I do the show here at New Dissident Radio, because... Uh, we can use any language we want, and uh, that's important for me because uh, I like to say the word fuck. <laughs> Just, uh, it's a habit of I mine. I spell it with a PH. That's, that's, but you know what? that's classy of you. The FCC is not, they don't have any control over you. No, not here. Doesn't FCC kind of spell fuck? It does, yeah. Yeah. I wonder if they know that subliminally. But we... we pay more money to hear that word we pay a lot of money to hear it on cable yeah or to watch people doing it (laughs) (laughs) people that lots of money people pay lots of money to watch people doing that word my husband's been asking me to bring another woman home oh really for cooking oh yeah well that's the microwave thing wendy (laughs) it's it's understandable probably for sex too because that's a lot of guys fantasy but I don't even like the three-way calling. <laughs> so I'll be over here in the corner. You guys can go at it. I'll be over here in the corner twittering. <laughs> exactly. My husband wakes up in the middle of the night, and he either sees me online or watching the Food Network. And he's like, why do you watch the Food Network? You don't know how to cook. And I'm like, well, I might learn something, honey. I might pick it up. I also watch a lot of the true crime shows. <laughs> So, like, snapped. So be careful. But I watch all those cop shows. Yes. I don't know why I'm attracted to, like, that kind of aberrance. But um, I can't see an exterminator truck now without thinking it's surveillance. (laughs) The big fly on the top is actually, like, picking up radio waves or something. I like that I made Barbara laugh, finally. I know. She's just got a good laugh, too. She does. 
Well, we're going to have to end here today. Oh, my God. That flew by. I know. I know. Thank Everyone's saying so I need a longer show, and I'm going to have to find a way to stretch stretch my hour out at some point when my brain isn't about to freak from all the multitasking I'm doing. Well, you're amazing. Thank oh. you for having me on your show. Oh, Wendy, my pleasure. Really I am <laughs> so glad we've got to be friends. And uh, I, it doesn't won't stop me, though, from completely kicking your ass on uh, Words for Friends. <laughs> <laughs> because I have pride. Uh, so everyone, uh, uh, what? Oh, it's Memorial Day weekend, everyone. So have a great, safe weekend. I'm going up camping up to the redwoods in Sequoia National Forest with a bunch of friends and bears. I'm a little scared about that, but that'll be okay. Next week, my guest is Greg Proops. So we'll be laughing our head off again (laughs) next week. And God knows what Greg and I will talk about. Uh, like I said earlier, if you have any... Uh, feedback for me or questions or if you have any royalty free music that you'd like me to listen to and possibly play here on my show you can reach me at wfadradio at gmail.com and I'd like to thank everyone I'd like to thank you my audience for always being here and for downloading me on iTunes and sharing me with my friends and talking me up everywhere it really I appreciate it so deeply I want to thank Barbara Roman my producer stylist and boss right now (laughs) Johnny Dam, who runs the station. My husband, Bob, who's out shooting something for the Olympics right now. He's a cameraman, not an assassin. Uh, Of course, I want to thank the Twitterverse and Facebook land and all my friends and family. And I'm going to close the show today with um, a song that I closed it with last week, but we didn't get a chance to hear the whole thing. So I want you to hear it. It's called Shake That Thing. It's by Tin Pan Band. Go find them online, Tin Pan Band. They're a, a band out of New York. Um, have fun with this and you guys have a great week and we'll see you next week.